0: To the Employer Blueprint Podcast, where we help leaders build great teams for great companies with your host, entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. Personality and skills assessments have become... Uh, a big part of the hiring process these days, and a big part of even just understanding our team and the people around us. And there's a lot of value, can be a lot of value, in uh, performing these assessments and providing these assessments and and analyzing these assessments. And today's guest, Dr. Ken Keyes, is an expert in this space and has some really impressive assessments out there that can be very beneficial for existing teams and for to kind of help you through the hiring process. Process, but how do we use these? Why do we use these? What's the benefit? What's the value? Uh, This is a unique episode in that uh, Dr. Keyes and I uh, really kind of dove into a lot. Obviously, this is something that's near and dear to my heart as it relates to recruiting and talent acquisition and how to uh, hire properly and, and build these high performing teams. And so we went a little longer than usual. And so, because of that, we're actually breaking up this week into two episodes. And so You'll hear where we kind of fade off uh, to this episode, and then next week we'll pick up where we left off, uh, so you'll be able to finish it out. So all that being said... Uh, You know, really uh, pay attention this week as we start talking about what these assessments are, the benefits of them, how and why we use them. And then make sure to hit subscribe so that you get notified next week when this gets released so you can hear the rest of our conversation and how uh, we kind of pull all of this information together. As always, we really appreciate you joining the show. And uh, if you have any questions, any topics you want to hear, any guests that you're interested in, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at employerblueprint.com. Well, I want to thank you all so much for joining us this week on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Uh, We have with us this week Ken Keys, and uh, Ken and I have had a chance to to have a couple of conversations and uh, really um, uh, similar mindset, similar belief on the value and the benefit of really understanding ourselves and understanding the personalities of the people that we're bringing into our business. Um, And so uh, Ken has built an amazing business around helping companies understand how we make people connect, how we get this fit. And so um, for those of you that have have listened for quite some time, you know, you'll hear me talk about this personality of fit and making a personality or or finding a personality to fit well with a company culture, not just simply a job description matching a resume. And so, um, uh, Ken has created some great resources to help companies out there do that. And so, I uh, really look forward to diving into that today. Ken, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. And um, we, you, you know, take a few minutes here just to share with us uh, what your career history has looked like and what got you to where you are now?
1: Well, first of all, Kyle, thanks for having us on the show. We appreciate that. And thanks for being on my show not long ago. So that's sort of how we got to know each other. So yes. we're uh, reciprocal and just uh, we're part of this podcast world where everybody can learn and grow and mm. and uh, welcome Kyle's audience. And so, you know, my background is I actually grew up on a dairy farm. And so I was the thir- uh, first born, third generation, first born male, third generation on the farm. And I came back from agriculture college, and it, uh, you talked about personalities, or and that's what we teach now. You know, in the book that I sent you, you know, why aren't you more like me? Yeah. Is my dad and I both wanted to be in charge? Well, it was about two years I lasted uh, on the farm, and then I I went and worked for the Department of Agriculture, and then took a sales position uh, in agriculture as a, a feed sales rep and nutritionist. Hmm. Uh, in the late 80s, then what happened was is I transitioned from that into doing sales training. Mm-hmm. So this is my, as we record this, this is my 30th year in this industry. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, um, Dr. Terry Anderson, who founded uh, Consulting Resource Group, which is my company now that I bought uh, 17 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, we met at a chamber event and uh, within a couple of weeks we move our offices together. Uh-huh. And so Terry had Created our first tool, which is a personal style indicator, because he didn't really like some of the other assessments out there. Well, I was VP of marketing with CRG for a, a couple of years, and then I was blessed with a contract to be the sole source provider for Chrysler. For all the soft skills, leadership, customer service, communications, budgeting, uh, how to hire. In fact, we developed the entire HR system with another company mm-hmm. uh, for for Chrysler. So, and then what happened? A little incident occurred called 9/11. and my contract with Chrysler was actually canceled the next day. Now we were we had 12 full time trainers. I was on the road uh, 1,500 days in seven years, and so I was I was thankful that. Uh, the, that contract ended because I, it would nearly costly me, my marriage yeah. <laughs> and my family because I was and my health because I was constantly on the road. However, I would never change it because it really got a lot of, um, experience in the room, doing lots of consulting with small businesses. You think about dealerships and about hiring the right people, working with them, uh, leading them, nurturing them, all these kinds of things. And then I went and I bought CRG from Dr. Anderson in 2002. Mm -hmm. And I shifted from my mindset of being a speaker who writes to a writer who speaks. Mm -hmm. So I took 10 years to redo with the the company has 12 core assessments and I, te- I took 10 years to revise them and then also port them online because we weren't online at that time right uh in and- now, my, the story behind me, to everybody listening, you know, all of us have our, our stories or our stuff, mm-hmm. is in grade nine, my English teacher said I would never amount to anything because I couldn't read or write. Well, there was this little invention called the computer, and I was around before it, yeah. and that's where all of a sudden I started to type. And so my dyslexia, which they discovered I had when I did my master's degree before I finished my doctorate in leadership, wow. is that, and, I, and I, when I say that, I think that's even funny. I mean, my teacher said I would never even finish high school. And, and then I got a 4.0 in my doctorate degree. And I said, now, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, I progressively moved towards my passion and then technology helped me to write. So here I have written four books, four million words of content, a dozen assessments, a co-author of, and really that's my passion now. My purpose in life is to help others to live, lead, and work on purpose. Yeah. And we believe in developing the whole person. So when you talk about hiring and getting the right person, if people don't include personal style, as we call it, or other people call personality, right. you're missing a critical component, mm-hmm. an element in job fit. I mean, the, there was research done by Talismart, Kyle, and they said that only 2% of the population will realize their potential without this knowledge. Well, there's 40,000 job titles in the U.S. alone. How do I even find that? So. Uh, you know, all the standard things around experience, et cetera, we need to do. But a lot of times when we look at the miserable job engagement numbers, you know, which are somewhere around any between 70 and 90 percent, depending on what research you look at. Right. One of the reasons we believe is people have not done analysis of the position. What does it need? who am I from a style perspective? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm in a job in a role that's not a fit, I cannot sustain my engagement. I, it doesn't matter about your, your morals or your ethics or your character, but if I'm constantly every single day in a role and position that's not playing to what we call my energy or my personal style, mm-hmm. then it's not a reasonable expectation as an owner, as an individual, as a person myself, to say that I could do a good job at it every day. I, I just can't. I just don't have the natural propensity towards it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. And, um, you know, and as we had uh, talked just a few minutes ago, then you see these staggering numbers on job dissatisfaction rates. Um, you, you know, you see people constantly rotating and revolving and, and, and heading, you know, looking for that next thing and, and spending a year or two within an organization or a, or a particular job and going to the next thing or even in careers. And we see these drastic numbers of, of how many true career shifts people go through um, throughout their life. And I believe exactly what you're saying here—that uh, a lot of that's because they're they're taking things that don't really fit well into their personal style—and that's one of the things that I do like about the way that you relate this is um, we've all heard of uh, you know personality assessments, and that's mm-hmm. um, that's something that uh, there's a lot of um, uh, you know there, there's a lot of debate out there about personality assessments, how they should be used, when they should be used, if they should be right. Used. And one of the things that I do like um, about the way that you all are leveraging this concept is what you're talking about is personal style um, slightly different maybe than just uh, straight up to personality and some right. of that you know kind of revolves around um, um, preferences and and just the individual person. One of the things that I want to to look at in this though is You know, someone's listening here, and they're thinking, "Yeah, within my business, I need to start doing this. Make sure that I'm implementing um, these assessments as I'm hiring people." I I believe the first thing you've got to do is understand who you are um, before Mm. you look to bring others around you. So, um, what's what's your research shown from that perspective and the need for us to understand who we are first before we decide how you know the types of people that we're going to bring
1: around us? Oh, absolutely. If I digress just for a minute, the, the birth of the personal style indicator, our tool, came out of, oddly enough, Dr. Terry Anderson, the founder of the company's dissatisfaction with some of the other tools. Mm-hmm. So you are comment of concerns of other tools and many of them very popular i mean the stuff behind carl young's work or martston's work is that we we created ours because we wanted to create something that was honoring to the learner that had a holistic development now so personal style in our opinion is non-negotiable it is something that has. i mean yeah. think about it. if you're a parent if you have two or three or four children are they exactly the same they have the same parents yet they're they're dramatically different. Why is that? Because biologically, we're wired differently. There's no right, there's no wrong. So a lot of times what's happened is people have tried to link personality to careers. We disagree with that. You link Mm -hmm. personal style to a job. So interest, gifts, and talents are separate measures. And so a lot of times we believe other personality tests are discriminatory, and that's what you were concerned about. Now, Mm -hmm. let's just back up to your other comment. And one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Tasha Yurik, just written a new book called Insights. And Insights is really talking about the importance of self-awareness. And so she believes in this New York Times bestseller that self-awareness is the meta skill for the 21st century. I need to know myself. Now, here's what her students did, Kyle. This is just a hoot. Said, what percentage of people, and you're listening right now to this podcast, believe that they know themselves and how they come across and what their impact is in their environment is congruent with how other people experience you? And so, about ninety-five percent of the people in her research says, "Well, I know myself pretty well. I know how I show up. I know that people get me." Right. And then, what she had her students do is go back and say, "What percentage of people's perception of self is congruent with how other people experience you?" That's so, good. Kyle, what do you think the congruence level was? Uh, I,
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the single digits. But um, it is I'm well, say 20%. you are close.
1: It is 10%. And
0: that's it wow. is 10%. Yeah.
1: So here's, here's and then we teach this in our model. And of course, it's in the book that you have on your counter there. Yeah. Is that self-awareness is foundational to being able to be intentional with my behavior. So self-awareness, self-awareness leads to self-management and then self-management leads to self-mastery. Well, what is the number one reasons why people quit companies? That is because they dislike their supervisor. There was a study done said what percentage of people think their supervisor, their leader, is incompetent? It's seventy percent. I'm sure if I was to do a research study and ask all the leaders, how many of you think you're incompetent? I wouldn't get seventy percent. Right. So uh, understanding self, because here's the reality: is most of us bring implicit bias. I mean, they talk about that in law enforcement, and what we're talking about here. Our tool now is the foundation training for the National Sheriff's Association. Hmm. So that's how important it is, is that I need to understand how I show up. And then I also have a leadership style that comes out of it. And it's interesting. What we do is we impart our expectations onto others. The reality is, is there people need to be led differently. I mean, the, the platinum rule is to lead others how they want to be led. And that's why I wrote the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me, mm-hmm. is a lot of times, well, even if you have personal relationships, right, is <laughs> who do we tend to have the, the biggest fights with Is the people that we care for or maybe married to, have a you know a significant other, whatever, mm-hmm. it's that person, because they have this difference. So we were attracted to the difference, and then all of a sudden that difference irritates us. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things around self-management is that how do I actually manage myself? When we think about all the research about why do leaders fail, there is some research by Dr. Uh, Peter Carrero, and that was number one is hubris or arrogance, Mm -hmm. is that I don't need any of this stupid training. I don't need to know myself. You just do what I tell you what to do. So, that's number one, and number two is a lack of interpersonal communication skills, mm. which is understanding personal style. Now, if we flip that, mm. Dr. Ray Williams is one of our associates because we remarket our tools all around the world. Mm-hmm. And he said, what are the reasons that people are successful? Well, number one is I need to know myself. <laughs> and number two is self-mastery. Now, if I know I'm a jerk and I continue to be a jerk, <laughs> that's not the benefit, right? right? And then number three is understanding of human behavior. So not only do I need to understand my motivation and what drives me and what's important to me, number two is what drives all the other people around me. Now, the other side is who do we tend to be attracted to? So if I'm a small business owner, who do I want to hire or seem to connect with? People right. where I have chemistry that usually, but not always, is people who are like me. Right. Well, my business probably needs me to hire somebody opposite of me. Exactly. Which would be my number one irritant, but also the number one need of the company. So let's say I'm, uh, I'm outgoing and I'm people-oriented and I'm a great networker, but I'm terrible at systems and processes and, and managing the finances. Well, then I'm going to get this analytical, we call it cognitive analysis, mm-hmm. CFO, accountant, bookkeeper. Well, they're going to drive you crazy with all the demands of doing things in order, but that's the structure. So, the two of you together are better. We, the, it goes back to our comment, and this is where you know, some other assessments have gotten into trouble. There's no, no style that's better than another. It's simply different. Right. So, how do I honor the diversity? And then at the same time, how do I actually be intentional with hiring the right person Mm-hmm. For the right position, you know when Jim Collins wrote the book to hire the right person on the right bus and the right seat doing the right things that 's great, but he didn't provide a system. So the system is our our assessments where you actually mm-hmm. analyze the nature of the position, right what is the, that job, and then what is the applicants like and then is there a fit not from an exclusion point of view for, but an inclusion. So mm-hmm. Kyle, you're applying to a job, and you see clearly that there's not a fit. Well, maybe I want to hire you, but I want to adjust the job or the nature of the roles to better fit you. Right. Uh, potentially. And I'm not seen as a prima donna mm-hmm. because I don't want to do that part. Well, no, you understand that if I was to, you would ask me to do that part day in and day out, a few months from now, I'm going to be miserable. Right. I'm going to quit or you're going to fire me. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to do that? So this is not a magic pill, but it's a important peace sort of like oxygen i need oxygen to live Mm -hmm. but i still need food i still need water still need all these other components right so that i can function and be successful in life
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, you know a couple of things in that 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 i think are really important to unpack one i don't want people to miss um that first study that you talked about there that when asked, 97, 95% of the leaders um, felt that they had a good self-awareness, that they understand who they are. 95%. And I think if we were to go out and study our own audience, if we were to go out and look at our own businesses, we're all going to find the same thing. That 95, you know, Most of us think, yeah, I, I, I know how I come across to others. I know how, that, uh, how I relate to others. Amazingly, though, as you say, 10% assessed differently by those around them. That is staggering, Um, Mm -hmm. because when you think of yourself as a leader and you, and you're thinking, okay, I know how I'm coming across. I know how I'm relating to others. Um, when they are, when we are that far off, um, the very first thing then we have to do is really make sure that we're understanding ourselves. We've got to understand how we're coming across because one of the things that you mentioned is that we've got to lead people the way that they want to be led. Well, Mm -hmm. we we can't lead them in the way they want to be led if we don't even know that who we really are and how we're coming across to them. And I think it's important for people to understand something in that, in that concept is that um it's not who you are trying to be. It's who you are coming across based on their perception of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a significant difference in that because you can say the same thing to three different people and it's going to come across potentially three different ways. They're going to internalize that differently. And so you've got to understand who, who they are and how they're going to interpret things. But you've got to understand the way that you are coming across to people. And, um, and oftentimes, this then this can lead into, once you know who you are, you know who they are, what their personal style is, um, then you can figure out how to adapt that communication to something that's going to be relatable and it's going to make sense and work well for them.
1: Mm. Well, we're constantly judging you know, others based on our own filters, and those filters are coming from you know, our personal style, as well as many other things, our background, how we grew up, you know, the input, all those things. There's a study done by TalentSmart, which is a subsidiary of Kenneth Blanchard's company. Mm. And what TalentSmart did, so it's not us, but their research showed is that only 2% of people will realize the potential without the knowledge of their personal style. Mm. So, and the reason being is it affects everything. Yeah. It is like our career choices, our relationships, our friends, our family, even our personal choices. Now, the other thing that happens in this that, Kyle, sometimes people forget, you know, we we talk about credibility in the book. And when you read it, you'll get to that last chapter. Mm-hmm. Credibility is... It lies in the mind of the other people which is what you're talking about based on what i do and what i also what i don't do so in some cases for leaders it's not what you did that has caused an erosion of credibility with other people it's what you didn't do is the sin of omission so let's say i'm more timid or reserved as a leader mm-hmm. and then i don't um, deal with some conflict issues that are going on in my company, then the sin of omission applies. What's happened is is that even though the conflict is with one employee, all the other people around you have now judged you negatively because you weren't willing to deal with the issue. This toxic person. So we all have different reasons. Then there could be a leader who is you know more abrupt and rude and not you know thinking about uh, the emotions of the individuals. I mean, there's every single style. so we have right. four quadrants in our model, but we have twenty one different patterns that then actually lead into four hundred combinations. Mm. And so part of this is that you, know, all of us are blends. So we have different levels of it. I don't like any sort of cutesy thing where you're a dog or a cat or something like that. <laughs> We're way more sophisticated like that than that. But some of us even have sort of conflicts within ourselves, where we we have a different definition of introversion extroversion. So introversion extroversion our model is me wanting to tell the environment what to do if I'm an extrovert. Introvert is being more deferral to the environment. It has nothing to do with people. People and task are separate measures. So there's some individuals or people are in it. Some individuals are a task oriented in Not right, not wrong. But even as a leader, that's going to influence how I come across as part of it. But my point backing up to the back door, Mm -hmm. is every single person listening to this show, you have a level of credibility with everybody you work with, including your clients, if you want it or not. Credibility is the price you pay for showing up and it exists in the mind of the other person. So how do I increase or decrease credibility? Behavior seen as appropriate by who? By the other person. Mm -hmm. So I need to have this consciousness as I work with it. So if you're a sales professional listening to this, they, you know, we created a program, why don't you sell the way that I buy? (laughs) And so that was based on, you know, why aren't you more like me work? Is that Mm -hmm. that? person wants to purchase in their way, so maybe they want more details than you're willing to give them or less, whatever it is. So, we're constantly in this dynamic of working with other people It just, you know, welcome to life. And even though I've taught this for 30 years and done the workshop around the personal style indicator over a thousand times now, Mm -hmm. I still have issues. I mean, I still have stuff to learn about it, but my kids who are now millennials, right, as we record this... right. It, it, it transformed how we parented them. Our son is just completely different than our daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, different individuals, they understood it. Even at 13 and 14, they were using this information to impact their life and as far as their, their choices and how they needed to manage themselves. Even my son, when he came home from school in grade eight, he said, dad, dad, I've learned something. What's that? I said, I've learned how to shut up. And part of that was, is he's so verbal, so outgoing, so people oriented that he was disruptive to the class. And so we were coaching him, was driving the new teacher crazy, is that, you know, yes, I know you need to talk. You need to connect with other individuals, uh, but you need to manage that because it's disruptive to everybody. And so now he's being very successful in a sales position as a realtor right now, networking and connecting with people and loving it. Yeah, yeah. My daughter, on the other hand, if we interrupted her in her room when she was studying, she'd get angry with us. Yeah. My son couldn't wait for us to come in. So no, not right, not wrong, but I need to know who I am and I need to know who those people are before I could be intentional in any of my behaviors or choices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that we um, talk to our clients about is the very first thing we're doing is we're trying to help them with talent acquisition and, and trying to fill, uh, you know, build a high performing team around them is we want to do a needs assessment. We want to understand what is the actual need of the organization. And especially when working with a small business um Oftentimes, uh, and that's why you know I love the title of your book here. Why aren't you more like me? One of the biggest uh, challenges that we face is when a client comes to us and they basically say, "Well, I just need if I could clone myself, then everything would be fine. I need another version of me because I'm so busy doing all of these things that I don't enjoy doing. I need somebody to go out and do what I should have been doing all along." And so, you know, we we try to help them understand well. Maybe that's not necessarily the case. Let's find someone that fills those gaps of the things that you don't enjoy that don't fit well with you, um, so that you can go out and do the things that you're best at, that your your you know high payoff activity. And so, but once we've done the the needs assessment, we've kind of figured out what makes sense. Um, what do you really need, uh, you know, to bring into your organization? How does the how does the personal style indicator help? Um, through the the selection process so you know we've kind of gone through the interviews and we've understood do they have the aptitude is this person going to make sense for this but how do we use this type of tool to help us uh through that vetting process to make sure that we're identifying the right people in our in our organization
1: well there, there are three pieces that come together into one
0: and you will have to check back next week to learn about those three pieces. Uh, again, we went a little long, and so we broke this down into two episodes. Next week, we're going to talk about those three pieces as well as some other great information from Dr. Keys about the benefits and value of these personality assessments. So thanks so much. Be sure to hit subscribe so you get next week's episode. And uh, here as we continue and close out this conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on the Employer Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to receive the latest episodes. For more information on how Employer Blueprint can help build great teams in your business, visit employerblueprint.com. Or to inquire about Kyle speaking at your next event, visit kylegorman.com. And until next
1: time, make it a great day.